0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Listen back to anything uh, we air anytime you choose at RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast. And follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Roy, do you really use SierraSil Joint Formula 14 or are you only a paid spokesperson for the company? I see that question by way of email, and my answer is always the same. I take three SierraSil Joint Formula 14 capsules each day. I've done that for more than four years. And I do it because SierraSil eliminates, not just reduces, but eliminates my joint pain. How do I know? Well, before SierraSil, I tried different products and ultimately was left with joint pain. And am I paid by Sierra Sol for my endorsement? Yes, I receive a fee. But without the fee, without this radio program, I would be taking three Sierra Joint Formula 14 capsules each day anyway. I can't provide a more personal endorsement than that. So call 1-877-ROY1020 and give Sierra a try. Maybe Joint Formula Activist for you. Sierracil is available at Rexall Drugs in Ontario, London Drugs in the West, and natural products retailers coast to coast. Sierracil, it's all natural, all mineral, all great for Roy Green, and I'm confident for you. And if you find that you're not happy with Sierracil for any reason, you get your money back. Stop waiting and stop the pain. Call Sierracil now, 1-877-ROY-1020. On Thursday, I had an opportunity to speak with uh, Fran Coombs, who's the managing editor of the Rasmussen poll, and Fran's been uh, good enough to come on the air with us and walk us through the various weeks and the various permutations that have taken place. Now, when I spoke with him, it was before the Thursday night wild debate and before uh, Mitt Romney took off on Donald Trump. But it's still an interesting view of what's going on within the GOP and what's going on with the American election. So have a listen to the managing editor of one of America's biggest polling firms, the Rasmussen poll, Fran Coombs. Friend, Thursday, when I look back at uh, what I saw all day long and then into the evening, into the debate, for me, watching U.S. politics, it was a day like no other I can remember. Would you uh, please speak to what you think the takeaway of Thursday is, particularly for the voter, before we talk about the political party? What's the takeaway for the voter?
1: Well, I think I mean there's no question that we are have definitely having one rambunctious election down here in the United States at least on the Republican side. The the Democratic side is, is pretty much seems like it's proceeding to the coronation that everybody thought it would be. But uh it, you know, it's hard to say. I I will tell you that like, you know, Mitt Romney's speech came out there was a whole lot of criticism from Romney uh of Romney from a lot of quarters, so it wasn't just like you know his comments on Trump went unchallenged. And there was even a video I saw yesterday uh, of Romney four years earlier that was on YouTube uh, in which he endorsed Trump and thanked Trump for his support and described Trump as one of the giants in American business and one of the first people to uh, recognize the challenge of China, et cetera, et cetera. So, so four years ago, when Romney needed him, he was talking out of the other side of his mouth. So I think I'm not, I'm not sure that the Romney speech had really any kind of impact at all. Um, the debate was pretty wild. That's all you can say. I mean, as the Drudge Report described it, it was a Cuban sandwich. Trump was in a Cuban sandwich with a guy on each side of him beating, beating up on him. Uh, and Trump was Trump. Uh, that's pretty much all you can say.
0: You know, I was also looking at the um, the same thing you were with Romney, watched his speech, listened to it carefully, and then matched it side by side with that 2012 video where he's thanking Donald Trump uh, for, uh, for endorsing him, and he's at his uh, state in, in Florida, and on and on he went. Makes him look like exactly the kind of politician that Trump supporters cannot stomach. That seemed to me right. to be just a, 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 a strength moment for Donald Trump, as opposed to a strength moment for the GOP.
1: Right. Well, I think it shows you that, uh, I mean, I I, I do believe that Mitt Romney is a nice man at heart, but I do think that it shows you that he has a a tenure as a politician, which helps suggest why he lost the election last time out. Um, And, and, you know, that kind of thing. Also, it just, Roy, it smacks of exactly what is driving the Trump revolution. It's establishment, Washington, inside the beltway, politics, trying to basically tell the voters what to think and what to do. I mean, you know, you, I, I, I constantly say to people, people are going, Trump did this, and Trump's making this point, and Trump's, and I'm like, look, Trump's not doing anything. It's the Republican voters who are doing it. It's the Republican voters who are supporting Trump. If, he, if, if Trump wasn't getting that support, he, you know, he'd be going nowhere. But the Republican voters are saying very clearly that the traditional establishment-type that they, no, they have no room anymore for these traditional establishment-type politicians. I mean, Cruz is a radical, too, by Republican standards, so it's not just Trump. Um, and they are just – I think Republican voters are just sick and tired of these guys that they – you know, the Congress, you know, what, what were Republicans told? Win the House, they win the House. Now we can win the Senate, win the Senate, and then we'll really be able to make change. The Republicans win the Senate two years ago, and nothing happens. So Republican voters are just fed up with the National Republican Party.
0: While I was uh, paying attention to Thursday, it just occurred to me, well, first of all, I agree with you, the fact that, and Rubio and Cruz should remember this, the fact that Trump is leading is because they are not, and they are not because their message isn't resonating with the voters the way um, Trump says. But I was also thinking about the GOP. This is a party now desperate, it appears, to move Trump aside but their arsenal is limited to ping pong balls and fluff balls. They don't have the kind of firepower or credibility with the voter to accomplish, I think, what they're trying to accomplish.
1: I think you're exactly right, Roy. And, and, and remember, too, I mean, at heart, a political party is its voters. I think the problem we, the Republican Party has is that they 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 think the, the 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 people inside the beltway, if you will, as we refer to it here they have come to think of themselves as the party, that they will anoint the candidate. And the voters have have gone along with that. I mean, believe me, Republican voters have heard for years, hey, look, we know you don't care for Dole. We know you don't care for McCain. Uh, We know you don't think George W. Bush is the sharpest pencil in the box. But look, if you don't vote for him, the Democrat will win. So you must vote for this guy. So Republican voters have dutifully gone to the polls and voted, and you know, won sometimes, lost most of the time. And they're, I think they're just fed up. They're sick and tired of having these candidates handed to them from on high. Um, I mean, what kind, what kind of person in their right mind in the United States of America today thinks that a guy named Bush could get elected president of the United States? I mean, I don't know where these people are living that were pushing Jeb Bush and giving him millions and millions of dollars. But, my God, are you kidding me? After the legacy of his brother and the Iraq War?
0: I mean, it's just inconceivable
1: to me that they were throwing their support behind Jeb Bush.
0: Fran, what about the, uh, and was talked about during the debate, Trump's inconsistencies and the, the Fox moderators putting slides up on a screen to show that Trump's math doesn't work and saying, you say something on Monday, you change your mind on Tuesday, you change your mind again on Wednesday... Does that have the effect of at least putting some doubt into the minds of a significant percentage of Trump's followers, or are they beyond all of that?
1: You know, you know that, that I don't have an answer to. Does it, does it likely raise some doubts? I'm sure it does. But I think what, I think what people are buying in Trump is leadership. Um, I think also, as I, as I said in a podcast on our site yesterday, I think to some degree we are starting to see a post-ideological age in the Republican Party. I mean, the fact that Donald Trump, uh, and I might have said this on your program last time I was on, the fact that Donald Trump at the debate before last looked the camera right in the eye and praised Planned Parenthood to me was phenomenal. And that moment, I think, was lost to many people. But for a Republican candidate in a, in a primary situation to praise Planned Parenthood is unbelievable. I mean, that would have been the kiss of death. The social conservatives tend to dominate the primary, primary process. And a candidate that had, had stood up for Planned Parenthood would have been you know, cut off at the knees. So I think we're looking at, you know, one thing the Trump voters are doing is they're breaking the grip that the social conservatives have had on the primary process. Uh, it may be again because, you know, we're get, we're maybe getting a younger electorate, uh, who are, who are more social libertarian. Uh, and I think also that a lot of this, you know, the nation building that the Bushes wanted, were big on and this military adventurism that the so called neocons are big on, uh, these international free trade deals. Uh, that Trump always talks about. I think these are issues that that are are beyond ideology, and people look at Trump as a leader, and I think he's breaking the grip uh, that a certain crowd has had on the leadership of the Republican Party.
0: So as you're telling me this, and uh, the objective of the GOP is to draw away supporters of Donald Trump and uh, put them with mainstream candidates, maybe Mitt Romney by the time we get to... uh, the convention, but the thought I have is, if Donald Trump is in fact, and you're correct, I mean, I've I've looked at this as well, he's supporting certain parts of Planned Parenthood, does Donald Trump not have the potential to not lose his own supporters, but in fact draw loose or or, or, um, not absolutely confirmed Democrat supporters away from Hillary Clinton?
1: I think he. I think he absolutely does. I think the Republican. I, I saw Newt Gingrich uh, the other evening on TV, and he he said, Newt, whatever you think of Newt Gingrich, he is one of the most astute political guys in this country when it comes to analyzing the minutia of politics, if you will. And and Newt said flat out, he said, look, the Republican Party has two courses to go here. They can follow the Goldwater model, the Republican establishment, follow the Goldwater model, and repudiate the candidate and get killed and get killed in November. He said, or they can embrace Trump and they have the potential of winning winning a Reagan-like victory in November.
0: I, uh, I got the sense, on, again, going back to the debate on Thursday night, I got the sense that they know, they know what the ultimate outcome is going to be because when the moderators asked, would you support Donald Trump if he's the nominee? They all reluctantly, but they all said yes. So I, I wonder whether the the arsenal of um, what the GOP may have left to throw at Donald Trump really is essentially non-existent.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think, look, it, it's again, it's up to the voters. I mean, yeah. the, the so-called leadership of the Republican Party has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they cannot control this electoral process. Right. I mean, Trump would not be where he is today if the people that thought they were in control were really in
0: control. It's not party politics anymore, Fran. No, no, it's, it's, and I, I,
1: it's I, as I said, I think we're looking at a new Republican Party, which is why the Democrats are nervous. I saw an interesting piece in the New York Times a couple of days ago. It was talking about an inside strategy session of Hillary, Hillary Clinton's people, and they were talking about, you know, is Trump a threat? And most of the people there were mocking Trump and, oh, he's an idiot, and they were making fun of him and blah, blah, blah. One voice in the room, and this is according to the New York Times, one voice in the room said, don't kid yourself. This guy is a deadly opponent. You know who that was? Bill Clinton, who is the other, the guy next to Newt Gingrich, who I would say is the other guy who's probably the most astute politician in this country.
0: Fran, thank you as always. My pleasure. So there's the interview as we recorded it Friday, I guess. (laughs) I thought it was Thursday. Friday with Fran Coombs, the managing editor of Rasmussen. Back in a minute.